welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 48. And this is a podcast all about the world of video games. This week, I've been playing the Valorant closed beta, Call of Duty Warzone, Over the Alps, and Unbound Worlds Apart Prologue. So I was lucky to sit down with the creator of Unbound, Sergio, coming out of Bucharest in Romania, and we discuss Unbound's development. Well, it's a jam-packed show this week, so let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm pretty good this week and it's my dad's birthday today so I'd like to give him a shout out and dedicate the show to him. So have a really happy birthday dad and I'll see you really soon. Otherwise over the past few weeks I've been trialling a new show called News Roundup and uh, this is everything you need to know in the world of gaming in under 10 minutes and the plan is to release this every few days to keep you up to date with the latest goings on in the world of video games. So this will drop in the same podcast feed as this show so it'd be great if you could let me know what you think. I'm also gearing up for the first This Week in Video Games game club which I call Game Guild. So this is where we play through a game together as a community and I'm going to go for the secret of mana for the first game as we got the trials of mana coming out soon and there's some other big RPGs out there right now so I'm feeling in a bit of an RPG mood. Game Guild needs you so sign up to Patreon on any tier to contribute. We're going to play through the game together over a series of weeks and then publish a series of standalone videos and podcasts for the Game Guild. So if you're a fan of Secret of Mana or have never played it before and you want to know what the fuss is all about, get yourself a copy and play through with us. It's available on the SNES Classic on Nintendo Switch in the collection of Mana and it's also available on Steam. So this is going to happen about the start of May, so sign up to Patreon and let's have a great community event. So talking of the Patreon, I've revamped the tiers a little bit too. If you want to contribute to the show, get your comments, questions and stories read out on the show and some little audio mini reviews like I've got later on in the show for Call of Duty Warzone, then the lowest tier is just $2 per month, which is less than a cup of coffee. For $5 supporters, you get access to the podcast early, Sunday rather than Monday, plus you get exclusive audio and video content. So this includes extra bits from interviews and more, and for $10, you get a chance to vote on content, including streams and content on the podcast, and for higher tiers, you get shout-outs on the podcast and YouTube videos. So, if you want more of This Week in Video Games, then sign up to Patreon and join the community. Right, that is enough waffle from me, let's get into what I've been playing this week. So this week I managed to bag myself a beta key for the new first person shooter from Riot Games called Valorant. I've had this one on the watch list for a while and it's been great to jump in and give this one a go. I've also been playing Call of Duty Warzone and I know I'm a little bit late to the party on this one but I downloaded it as a free update on the PC and I jumped into that quite literally. Man that is a whole lot of fun. I also managed to get my hands on a copy of Over the Alps this week. Thank you to Stave Studios for providing me with a review copy. And I did interview Sam Partridge, one of the creators from Stave Studios, on episode 37 of the podcast. And uh, you can go back and check that one out. Originally, Over the Alps was released on Apple Arcade, but the game has now been ported to Steam and it's a fantastic spy romp. Definitely one to check out if you like narrative adventure games. It's got beautiful graphics, great writing and everything you need to keep you engaged. 
Finally this week I've been playing Unbound Worlds Apart Prologue and this is from Alien Pixel Studios who are supposed to be coming to London for EGX Resed. However, since that was postponed until September I thought I'd get them on the show and have a chat about this puzzle platformer. So with Ori and the Will of the Wisps out recently and fresh in the mind, you may well be in the mood for some more and Unbound definitely scratches that itch. So check that out on Steam now, it's free and you can get a good sample of the game. First of all this week, let's have a look at the Valorant Beta. So Valorant is the new first-person shooter from Riot Games and it's out now in closed beta, so if you're lucky enough to get a beta key drop then jump in and check it out. So the following are my Valorant beta first impressions. Valorant is a tactical shooter which is a cross between Counter-Strike and Overwatch. The balance is probably about 80% Counter-Strike and about 20% Overwatch. Gunplay is definitely going to be key to winning this game in this tense first-person shooter, but there's a layer of character abilities which makes this pretty fun. Pinpoint accuracy is going to be crucial in this game as the time to kill is very, very short indeed. So any shots to the head and you're dead, and a couple of body shots and you're down as well. How do you get into the Valorant beta? Well, you head on over to the Valorant website, sign up there, and you'll also need a Twitch account to sign up as beta keys are accessed through watching Valorant streams. Once you've got a Twitch account, link your Riot account via the Valorant website and then start watching streams. Then it's just a matter of waiting for the keys to drop. So what are the rules of Valorant? Well, Valorant is a team-based shooter with an objective. You've got five agents per team. You select your agent and then you start a match. And teams can only have one of each agent at any time. First team to 13 rounds wins the match. You start the match either attacking or defending and the attacking team must plant the spike deep in enemy territory and stop the other team from defusing it. Attacking players can win by planting the spike and detonating it or by killing all of the opposing team. The defending team has to defend the area where the spike gets planted and the defending team can win by killing all of the attacking team. After 12 rounds you swap sides so if you're attacking you're now defending and vice versa. First round is a pistol round and throughout the game you earn credits which can be spent on guns and armour throughout the game. The amount of credits earned is determined by your performance so if you get kills or plant the spike or win a round then you'll get more credits. So let's have a look at the agents in a little bit more detail. So you've got a variety of agents or characters to choose from and each come with their own unique abilities. So agents come in four classes, you've got duelists, initiators, controllers and sentinels. So duelists, they're good for leading the attack and you've got Phoenix, Rays and Jet. Initiators, they're good for providing more info, so you've got Sova and Breach. Controllers, they're good for locking down sites. That includes Brimstone, Omen and Viper. And Sentinels, well, they're good for healing and controlling the areas of the map and that includes Sage and Cypher. So when you start out the game, you'll have access to Sage, Jet, Phoenix, Brimstone and Sova. The others have got to be unlocked by playing the game. Each agent has four abilities and we'll have a look at Phoenix as an example. So he's got a couple of abilities, Blaze where he throws a flame wall onto the ground. This creates a wall of fire allowing you to block off or defend an area. That restricts visibility for opponents and that can also heal Phoenix too if he steps into the fire. He's got another ability called Curveball where he creates a fireball you can throw around corners and it blinds your opponent for a few seconds. The signature ability is called Hot Hands and you throw a fireball that explodes on impact with the ground. The fire zone you create damages enemies and it also heals you. 
And the ultimate ability is called Run It Back, and this is super useful. So you mark a location on the ground, and if you die during the duration of the ultimate ability, then you'll resurrect at the location that you marked. So depending on the class of agents, then you like to have a mixture of abilities that will either deny areas or provide protection or lock down an area or something like that. So find an agent that you like, practice with their ability in the firing range, and then jump into a few matches to test things out. Let's have a quick look at the weapons, and there's five classes of weapons including rifles, sniper rifles, sidearms, submachine guns, and regular machine guns. So you've also got a tactical knife and a pistol, but you'll probably want to place the pistol as soon as you can. So each class of weapon has its pros and cons, and it's probably just a matter of finding the one that works for you through practice. So this is Riot Games dipping their toe into the first person shooter genre and so far so good. They focused on the technical aspect of the game making sure they've got good anti-cheat methods in place. They've got a lot of experience at serving esports at scale so you can be confident in the server's performance and the ping. The servers also have got really high tick rates so it's going to perform really well. This is very much like Counter-Strike so you won't be running in gunning down teams unless you're someone like Shroud or Giggs or Dr. Lupo or something. You've got to take things slow and you've got to practice. It's really team focused so good communication is going to be key for this one. Having a team that you can squad up with is going to be useful while you're learning and random games they can be a little bit unforgiving. If you don't like getting on the mic then this one might be a little tough for you. It's not impossible to play without getting on comms but you're going to be more of an asset to your team if you do communicate well and often. The gunplay, it's solid and the audio is great too. You can feel the weight and the recoil of certain weapons. Listening for the footsteps of your opponents is going to be useful as well as when you walk it makes less sound rather than when you run around you can definitely hear yours and your opponent's footsteps. So by walking that allows you to creep up on your opponents and take them out. The only thing lacking at the moment really is the graphics, it's quite basic and bland but there's room to improve this over time. I'd rather a first person shooter that performs well on the gunplay front has great online matchmaking and anti-cheat features rather than a beautiful looking game with a missing all the fundamentals. Let me know what you think of Valorant by signing up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames, it'd be great to hear from you and let me know what you think of the game. Well next up let's carry on with the first person shooter action and let's check out the newest battle royal to enter the fray with Call of Duty Warzone. Jump! 
So Call of Duty Warzone is the newest battle royale to enter the arena with a few interesting tweaks. It's all action and has the classic rollercoaster feelings that only battle royale can bring. Warzone is free to play and it can be downloaded on Xbox One, PS4 and PC. There's also cross-play, so if you're on PC, you can come up against PS4 and Xbox players. And this is great, as communities from all platforms can come together and play together, and hopefully this will be the default for a lot of games going forward into the next generation of consoles. The game also ties into Modern Warfare, so there's unified progression systems across the games. In practice, this means your battle pass, operators, weapons, and options, they're going to gonna be nice and easy to move between game modes, and uh, it's nice and simple to manage as well. The map is absolutely huge and you're going to need to spend plenty of time getting to know the unique buildings on the map, where the best places to drop are, much like other battle royale games like Fortnite or Apex Legends. There's a couple of differentiating factors in this game, so first of all, there's 150 players and when you die, that isn't the end. You get a chance to come back via the Gulag, and also be aware that the circle closing in on you is a deadly one, so in other battle royals you might be able to step out there for a moment, but not here, you know, get caught outside the circle and you're dead. You'll also drop with a weapon to start with, and it's fair to say that Activision doesn't want players without a weapon for too long. Gun in hand, you're ready for action immediately, and this all adds up to a fast user experience. I remember playing PUBG and used to run around sometimes for 20 minutes without engagement, but uh, you get a weapon drop straight away here, so it's nice and fast. Much like other battle royales, there's three player squads and solos, there's also quads as well. You've got a ping system, which was made popular by Apex Legends. There's vehicles too, and they're going to come in handy due to the sheer size of the map. So you've got five vehicles, including ATV, tactical rover, an SUV, a chopper, and a cargo truck. And the chopper is a whole lot of fun. Don't stick in them too long though, as you're likely to get blown up. Loot, it feels very similar to other BRs. There's chests dyed around the map. You open up the boxes to find the weapons and the armor. You don't have to worry too much about complicated loot management systems either, which is nice. The whole experience feels like it's been streamlined to remove complications and barriers and get you into the action nice and quickly. At launch, there's a couple of game modes, including Battle Royale and Plunder. The Battle Royale is the standard last-person standing mode, and Plunder is team-based, where you race to collect the most cash. Take out your opponents, steal their cash, and grab the most to win. This mixes up nicely as you complete uh, in-match contracts, fast-paced action, unlimited respawns, and killstreaks, what we all know and love about Call of Duty. As well as the standard Battle Royale mode, there's also contracts and in-game challenges. The contracts, they're challenges you can take on to get more cash and rewards, includes a preview of the circle collapse and more. So scavenger contracts highlight supply boxes which need to be opened. You've got a little window of time there to complete these. Once you open three, you'll get a reward. Recon contracts set you the target of locking down a specific location, and that plays out like a small match of domination in the recon zone. Assassination contracts send you to take on another squad, team on team, and these are probably the most challenging of all the contracts. They're high risk, but also high reward in the form of cash. If you die, you'll go into the Gulag, as we mentioned earlier, and you've got the chance to get back into the action by killing someone else in a 1v1 elimination. This is similar to Gunfight in Modern Warfare's Gulag map, and if you die again, you're gone. Win, and you're back. So teammates, they can help you out. If you get stuck in there, they can shout from the rafters and let you know where the other player is. But my experience is pretty fast, people generally run towards you and shoot you in the face. 
Overall, Call of Duty Warzone is everything you want from a Call of Duty Battle Royale. It's fast, it offers up new features in the Battle Royale genre, and it doesn't feel massively different from Modern Warfare. Infinity Ward, they've built on the moderate success of 2018's Blackout, and one month after the launch of the game, it's got 50 million players playing the game, making it the world's fastest growing free-to-play game. The fact it's free to play and it's got cross-platform play enabled from day one works massively in its favour, and the classic Call of Duty gameplay is there. If you're anyway interested in first-person shooters or battle royale games, you should definitely check this one out. Don't take my word for it, let's go over to This Week in Video Games community and we'll get a mini-review from Sabs in London. So, Call of Duty Warzone, what's my initial thoughts? Um, it's good. It's basically Apex 2.0. Um, they basically ripped Apex, but made it better. So can't complain in that sense. It's, I love the final round of death. So when you actually do die, you go into this whole new mode where it's a 1v1 situation. Um, that's really good. Well, it's not so good. I'm not very good at the moment, but it's good. Once I become good, it'll be even better. Um, so yeah, so far initial reactions, loving it, um, good maps, you know, lots of detail, lots to do. Yeah, definitely up there. Apex has lost already. Well thanks Abs, really appreciate you sending in your audio mini review. And if you want to send in your own audio mini review, then sign up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, jump into Discord and send your audio files and I'll publish them here on the podcast. So you can send in your feedback to This Week in Video Games for any tier, and the lowest tier is $2 a month, so it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Uh, So I'd love it if you signed up to Patreon, and I'd love to hear your mini-reviews of all the games that we do on the podcast. Well, if you're enjoying This Week in Video Games podcast, then head on over to iTunes. It'd be great if you could leave us a nice review. Don't forget, This Week in Video Games also has a YouTube channel. goes alongside with the podcast, and the YouTube channel's got the entire archive of the podcast, as well as dedicated reviews, interviews, and loads of features. And if you like Destiny 2, there's loads of how-to guides on there as well, how to get exotic weapons, how to level up your Guardian, and season-by-season guides. So search This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe today for all that latest content. Next up, I've got an interview with Sergio from Alien Pixel Studios, and we're going to talk about Unbound, Worlds Apart, a little bit about developing the game. We'll also talk about how the recent global events have affected the development of the game as EGX Res was cancelled, and Alien Pixel Studios were supposed to go to the event and showcase that game. So it was really great to sit down with Sergio, and uh, let's go over to that interview now. Welcome back to This Week in Video Games, and I'm here with Sergio from Alien Pixel Studio. We're here to talk about Unbound, Worlds Apart, and uh, welcome, Sergio. How's it going? Uh, really, wait, uh, really great. I'm uh, at home right with this, pan- uh, with this pandemic, and I can't wait to talk about games with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting time at the moment. Um, how how yeah. are you getting on? How are you getting on at home? Has that sort of affected your your development of Unbound Worlds Apart? Yes, in a in a way it uh, did because uh, we had a small studio in the center of the city. We rented there, and now we have to stay at home. And every decision I have to take with the team, it's on on Skype. 
Yeah, so I didn't see my colleagues for one month now. Yeah, so it affected us big, uh, big way. Yeah, we also supposed to go to EGX uh, this year uh, in March. And the plane was cancelled, the event was cancelled, but hopefully we are going to reach EGX in September. Lots of events have been kind of cancelled and changed, and that, that must, uh, that's obviously a big opportunity for you to talk about your game and um, meet meet the fans. And uh, so, how do you how do you kind of um, deal with that um, change uh, in your kind of uh, promotion of the game? Well, uh, since the game is digital. Uh, didn't affect us uh, too much, but uh, at events like well, EJS or Gamescom or Comic Con, uh, you can uh, play test more maps. You can talk uh, directly to the people, engage with them, see how they play, and uh, I think it's very important to to check and to make play tests like that to see uh, how the player is. Is playing your game, you know, to see uh, if you took a good design decision or a bad one, so you still have time to uh, to change stuff in the maps or something like that. And now, because that's uh, out of question on how we uh, we should meet people, we are holding some uh, Skype sessions with friends or with uh, playtesters that want to try on some new levels from Unbound. And that's how we test it. You've adapted to your methods to the kind of situation that we're in. Yeah, so we, we had to adapt, uh, but I preferred the old way yeah, because you also see face reactions um, online, most of the people don't have webcam or uh, they just want to play the game and don't uh, for them it's not important to see uh, it's uh, they don't know that we also check their reactions during this time we don't want to tell them uh, tell them that because it will be creepy for them <laughs> and uh, yeah so it just basically record the, the session and see how they uh, go through, through it. It's really, really important to, to test the game because uh, I, we had this problem before with Unbound, with our game. Uh, we kind of uh, created the maps of uh, the game. So the, the game uh, I have, I should start with, it's a path of platformer uh, with some Metroidvania elements. And uh, yeah, it's non-linear, and it's very, very important to test the maps to see the flow of the game and stuff like that. And uh, before starting to testing uh, very often, uh, we we created the maps. We put the um, the the artwork, the art, the art elements uh, over the map. And then we go to uh, the events, uh, like let's say EGS. And there we, we saw that we have problems 
and after that we come home and modify uh, all the maps and that's not very good. You have to test the map with no art. Mm. Yeah, and if you go to the event with no art, uh, people will skip you, your uh, your game, you know? Yeah, it's a difficult scenario. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's uh, super okay to test it with some people from your local country, your yeah. local... Uh, city or yeah so um for those who don't know could you tell us more about unbound worlds apart yeah so uh unbound worlds apart it's a 2d atmospheric 2d puzzle platformer uh with a non-linear gameplay uh, and it has some metroidvanian elements let's call it uh, that way where the player uh, can uh, summon magic portals, different magic portals, uh, to find out about the the catastrophe that ravaged his world. So it's basically uh, a puzzle platformer in uh, in short. And um, yeah, uh, each portal, because it's, we have lots of them. I think right now we have like seven. Uh, each portal gives uh, the player different abilities. So, for example, we have a light portal that uh, uh, will uh, light your uh, way into uh, the darkness. You have an inverse gravity portal that changes your gravity. Uh, you can be uh, transformed into a rock and all kinds of stuff. You have a speed portal. Yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a game with many many portals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. I, and yeah. I've so I've I've played the uh, the prologue that's up there on uh, Steam at the moment, and I, d- I definitely recommend anyone out there to uh, go and uh, check out that check out that game on on Steam. It's really really good fun. Yeah, uh, the prologue was launched uh, last week, I believe, on twenty sixth of of March. And it features like three portals you can play with and about 20 or 30 minutes of uh, gameplay. It's, it's really, really good fun. And uh, th- there's a bunch of kind of like terrifying creatures in the game as well that um, scared the, uh, the living hell out of me. <laughs> can you, can you tell, us, tell us more about those? Uh, well, uh, they are kind of related to the story and ah, I don't want, okay. yeah i don't want to spoil uh spoiler that much but uh it's basically about an invasion of some other world in this beautiful world you know yeah and it, yeah. it really really is a beautiful world it's uh it's um the artwork uh on the game and the music uh they're really you know the, the the audio in the game it's really atmospheric and really adds to the the overall experience oh well <laughs> yeah it's funny we it's really really hard to balance all these elements the sound the story the gameplay uh the artwork it's such a huge amount of work and i really appreciate that you are saying that 
And um, there's also puzzles in the game as well. And I was wondering if you could talk about your approach to the puzzle design and and finding that balance between you don't want it to be too easy. Um, so it's, um, you know, players just kind of get through it easily. But you don't want it to be too hard because um, otherwise players will get stuck. Could you tell us more about your approach to the puzzle design? Oh, sure. Uh, well, uh, when we started working on Unbound, it was a pure puzzle game. And in time, uh, we thought that um, it's a better idea to create more, to, to shift the game much to a platformer game. So now it's kind of combined. It's puzzle platformer. And uh, regarding puzzles, uh, usually when, when I'm trying to create a puzzle, I uh, I put some elements, like let's say a crate or uh, or I don't know a, a monster in the scene, and I'm thinking how, how what can I do with it to create some interesting gameplay interesting uh, and fun in the same time. And beside that, uh, I also have, have to add the portal because that's the main uh, uh, the, the main mechanic. And um, usually if I, I put uh, that on the paper. I, I know what the behavior of the monster is. I know the behavior of the box. And I'm trying to see what the if I combine them, what can, uh, what's resulting out of this? And uh, when I'm creating a puzzle, I'm trying to to get one, uh, more solutions. Of course, some puzzles uh, will have only one solution, but uh, what I'm trying to achieve is to create a puzzle with multiple solutions. And what I saw that uh, I don't know when I'm creating uh, the puzzle is that uh, it's very it's there in your face when you are thinking on it but uh, if you are trying to rush through it like a platforming uh, type it's a bit harder so I, I kind of like how uh, it's combining uh, I combined all of uh, the elements too. so a player can decide, I can do that in a platforming way, and I have to rush through the elements and see if I uh, uh, I manage to do it uh, in a time-based uh, fashion, or I have to think hard to where to place the portal and try to make uh, some decision here and there and see um, if... Uh, if that's the solution to the puzzle. So yeah, basically trying to um, to create a multiple solution for a puzzle, it's it's the best way uh, to design a puzzle, I think. Giving players the the multiple ways to solve, I think that's a really really good good way of doing it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we also have some hardcore platforming and some hardcore puzzles, and we all, we are a bit afraid that 
puzzle puzzle players will don't enjoy the platform the hardcore platforming and vice versa like uh, the platform players who don't like the puzzle in the games so after the play test which we talked earlier we see that uh, it's uh, uh, something is very hard we try to make that optional so you don't have to do it or you can skip it if you want we also when we were designing the puzzles uh, what I'm, I'm trying to do is to create if, if, if a puzzle is really hard, or the platforming is really hard, what I'm trying to do is uh, just before it to put uh, one or two puzzles which are uh, much easier and show uh, the mechanics of uh, what is going to be in the hard puzzle. That's yeah, really good, and I really, really enjoyed my time with the prologue. And what I'll do is I'll link it down in the show notes and the description, and uh, so people can uh, click on that and download it. It's free, and uh, people can play it uh, right now. But how and when can players get their hands on the final version of the game? Oh, uh, hopefully that will be at uh, in like one year from starting from now. Yeah, so we still have to do some polishing here and there. I have, I still have to finish some maps for the final game. We are also going to have some boss fights, uh, boss fights uh, without combat. <laughs> so uh, now, but we we're going to have some bosses, and you have to find some clever way to outsmart them. Nice. Yeah, but we are going to have bosses and. The reason for that, it's I, I, I think uh, monsters and uh, let's say bosses add such uh, dynamic to the game. Like if you have an environment with only uh, boxes and non-living things, it's not that uh, dynamic. So it, it sounds like uh, the next year is going to be quite full in terms of um, fleshing out the game and adding all of those elements that you that you just described so that's uh, yeah exciting times yeah yeah i hope i hope that the player will enjoy the the full game as much as they do with the prologue so hopefully it will be very a very good uh, experience for 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 the players fantastic um, I want to move a little bit away from Unbound and talk a bit about your studio, uh, Alien Pixel Studios. So how big is the studio and how many are on the team? Oh, so we uh, right now we are three people in the team. Uh, I'm doing some of uh, the game design and some programming and Olga is our artist. She's doing all the beautiful artwork. And Andre is the lead programmer. He's uh, doing the all the programming and optimizations for the game. So we are three people, and uh, for yeah, well, last year we were on, I was only it was only me and Olga. So I was doing programming, game design, marketing, all that stuff. <laughs> So it's such a blessing that uh, Andre joined us after the Kickstarter and 
uh, I don't have to worry so much about programming. And apart from uh, from us, which uh, from me, Olga, and Andre, we also have some, let's say, outsourcing. Uh, some guys that help us with uh, animations, music, because uh, we cannot handle all all the things uh, for the game. Fantastic. And uh, you mentioned there the Kickstarter process. Um, how how was that process for you? Well, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it it was uh, a nice experience overall, but was so stressful. I had some uh, uh, physical problems after it. Like I I have some stones at. Uh, um, I don't know how to say in English, maybe butter stones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, had uh, uh, those kind of stuff after the Kickstarter because I was so stressed out. And the whole process, process of the Kickstarter uh, took like almost one year since we decided to, uh, to create the campaign and uh, until we launch it. So the reason, if you ask, it's our uh, demos. Uh, our demo was not ready because, you know, right now if you do a Kickstarter, if you are creating a Kickstarter, you have to have a a nice looking uh, demo, and we didn't have it at the time. Like, so we decided. Uh, I think it was in June when we decided to create a Kickstarter in September, that's uh, in 2018. And when we, are, we were in September, uh, we said, okay, we are not ready to do that. Let's move it to January because of the demo, because the demo wasn't, uh, wasn't ready. And also because we didn't have a strong community. We didn't have a Discord channel. We didn't have a big I don't know if big it's, uh, let's say if we didn't have a Twitter community. And we said, okay, so uh, until January of 2019, we have to create the best demo we can and also increase our community during this time. And in January, we were also not ready to, to make the Kickstarter to create it. We had, uh, the community was there. We started to gather people around the game and uh, got them excited. But we didn't have a trailer. We didn't have the page ready. And that took us another two months. And that's that's why we launched it in May uh, of 2019. So as you can see, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of time to prepare the demo, The the trailer for the the page for the Kickstarter page, and yeah, it's very stressful, especially the first month before the campaign, where you you have to set everything up and keep the people excited. And during the Kickstarter, it's let's say it's not that stressful because you have already the plan. Uh, created before you know you 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 have to know 
what you are going to do every day uh, of the campaign. So for 30 days, you have to have the plan. They, you have to have them planned out before uh, you start the campaign. So you, ha you have to know the updates, what interviews you are going to do, what uh, uh, YouTubers uh, will cover your game and st stuff like that. Yeah, so it's a long process. So um, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself um, back at the beginning of the process? Start creating a community sooner. Yeah, it's very important. Without community, I, I don't think you can uh, uh, create a Kickstarter because nobody will care about uh, your product. Okay, uh, what else? You have to you have to study other uh, campaigns as well. We kind of did that, but uh, let's say how many people you need to get to $20,000 or $40,000? How many backers do you need? So you have to take in consideration all of this uh, information and data. And if I have to start it over, uh, what advice? Yeah, community, have a strong demo, have a strong trailer, and a beautiful page. That's uh, what you have to do. You're coming out of Bucharest in Romania. Is there a, a big game development community in uh, Bucharest? Yeah, we are a few studios and we are pretty, we have pretty good relationship. We can, we help each other with all kinds of stuff, information and uh, stuff like that. Getting feedback for games, like I created this map, let's uh, play together and you gather some uh, folks from other studios and I think uh, there are the big uh, the big guys like Ubisoft, EA, Amber which with uh, they, they have over a few uh, thousand people and we are and there are like 10 or 20 like that uh, indie studios it's a few people, but we are very, uh, we, we like to, to hang together and go to events together. Yeah. So we have a good relationship. If anyone wants to find out about you and your company, have you got any social media accounts you want to shout out? Yeah, so we are on Facebook. It's uh, Unbound uh, Words Apart on Facebook. We also have Twitter which is Unbound the Game. And on Discord, we are Unbound, just Unbound. Discord.gg uh, slash Unbound. I'll link all those um, links down in the show notes and the description so people can um, find you and uh, drop by and say hello. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on This Week in Video Games. I wish you all the best of luck for the development of Unbound Worlds Apart. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for thank you for talking to us. Yeah, thank you as well, Tom. And hope to hear from you uh, when we are going to launch the game.
to see how the game evolves, right? <laughs> Brilliant. I, I'm looking for. I, I, I'll be. I'll be one of the first to review the game. That's that's for sure. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was me there talking to Sergio from Alien Pixel Studios about Unbound Worlds Apart. So next up, let's check out Unbound Worlds Apart Prologue. Explore a beautiful world with the help of magical portals in order to save your people from an evil that has ravaged your town. Unbound Worlds Apart is a 2D puzzle platformer that's coming together to be a great game. Core to this beautiful handcrafted world is the creation of portals and you use these to solve puzzles. You explore stunning environments as the dark fairy tale story opens up for you. During the annual celebration of the Guardian, the world of Vaya is attacked by a mysterious evil force. A few wizards manage to escape the attack, but the world is now corrupted and packed with the malevolent creations. The only hope now relies on Solly, as the old wizards are now too weak to fight back. Seeking revenge because he lost his dearest little brother in the unforgiving battle, Solly has to use all of his powers and find a way to fight back the evil and restore the peace to the world. The core of Unbound is the magic portals which gives the players different mechanics to interact throughout the game. Inside certain portals the law of physics and abilities of the character can change, opening up new and inventive ways to progress. Through the journey you'll encounter different bloodthirsty creatures and you have to use these portals to your advantage. You can decide your path in a non-sequential level design of the worlds, gather more knowledge about some of the puzzles that seem to be impossible at first and come back and apply what you've learned. Encounter deadly monsters that lurk through the world preventing you from accomplishing your mission. And there's a rich and beautiful soundtrack which will set an epic mood and a wonderful experience. The game takes inspiration from other puzzle platformers with Metroidvania elements such as Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Hollow Knight. So if you like these games, then you should definitely check out Unbound Worlds Apart. So this game is created by a small indie studio from Bucharest in Romania. The three-person team is made up of Sergiu, Olga and Andre, and together they're working hard to bring the game to life. The development for Unbound started in 2016 as a hobby, but as the project started to shape up nicely, then the team decided to go full-time in 2018. So Unbound Worlds Apart is currently in development, however there's a prologue available now on Steam which you should definitely go and check out. It's free and it gives you a taste of the game. Well, let me know what you think of Unbound Worlds Apart by signing up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames. It would be great to hear from you. 
Next up, let's check out Over the Alps. Over the Alps is an exciting spy romp from the very start and if you're looking for an alpine narrative adventure then this could be the perfect game for you. As Over the Alps is a narrative adventure game then you'll be picking the lines of dialogue and weaving your way through the story through a series of choices be that in conversation with other characters or finding your way across a map. The game is presented in a beautiful postcard style with bright colours, great animation and a wonderful array of ambient sounds that really get you into the spirit for a spy caper. Over the Alps is set at the start of World War II, just as Hitler was putting his armies in place. Throughout the game you're given newspaper headlines for orientation which adds a nice depth to the way the story is being told. The game is told from the perspective of the main character as he sends postcards back to his friend Aubrey as the adventure unfolds across the continent. The narrative storyline and illustrations are written out on the postcards so the visual aesthetics of the game is weaved well into the game mechanics. Stamps are used to pick the way you respond to questions and comments. You can act like a spy, act charming, act aggressive and so on. Your choices shape your adventure and the way characters respond to you. The stamps are colour coded and when you make a selection they're peeled off and stuck on the postcards. Along your journey, you'll stop off in a pub for a drink, or maybe a fight, steal a car, maybe even a motorbike, all the while the cops are on your tail. It's probably best not to be too reckless on your journey, as too much carelessness and you'll alert the wrong kind of attention. The game feels like an Indiana Jones movie in a digital graphical form. Action-packed, fast, and it's a game that will stick in your mind for a long time afterwards. This is a narrative adventure game, so you're not controlling a character around a space, you're reading and making choices, however there's something about this genre of games that really gets into your head and keeps you thinking. The writing, illustration and audio all tap into your imagination and unleash those creative thoughts to allow you, the player, to paint a picture in your mind, rather than have the game do the work for you. There's definite value in that and it's something I hadn't discovered until recently. The graphics in the game are really striking, tapping into old poster design with the bright colours and really nice typography. The sound design is engrossing too, one minute on a platform at the train station, another with the wind rushing by, and then the clink and clatter of a kitchen. All the elements weave together really well and create a memorable experience. Over the Alps comes from Stave Studios and I spoke to Sam Partridge on episode 37 of the This Week in Video Games podcast when this game was originally released for Apple Arcade. The team at Stave have experience with this genre with connections to Inkle, such as 80 Days and Heaven's Vault, and fail better games with games like Sunless Skies, and that all shows here in Over the Alps. John Ingold and Catherine Neal take on the writing, and you can tell as the quality oozes out of this game like Gruyere cheese out of a croque monsieur. Overall, I definitely recommend this game. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, although I found it engaging, funny, and it felt like a real adventure. If you're used to action games, then this may take a little bit of getting used to, as adventure narrative games are somewhere in between reading and playing a video game. You should give it a try because the writing is witty, it's sharp, and you get pulled along with gusto in this spy alpine adventure. 
So the developer for this game is Stave Studios. It's available for PC and Apple Arcade, and it was released for PC on the 31st of March 2020. And I gave the game a final score of 79 out of 100. Well, let me know what you think of Over the Alps by signing up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, and it would be fantastic to hear from you. Well, that's it for what I've been playing this week and all the reviews. Next up, let's have a look at the charts. And number 10 this week, it's Minecraft Xbox Edition, and that's up from last week's number 14. At number 9 this week, it's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and that's up from last week's 15. Number 8 this week, it's Grand Theft Auto 5, that's down two places from last week's number 6. Number 7 this week, it's Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. And number 6 this week, it's Forza Horizon 4, that's down from last week's number 5. Number 5 this week, it's a new entry with Persona 5 Royale. Number 4 this week, down from last week's number 3, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number 3 this week, it's FIFA 20, that was last week's number 2. Number 2 this week, it's a new entry with Resident Evil 3. And number 1 this week, it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Well that's it for the charts this week, let's have a look at what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So coming up in the next few weeks, we've got Someday, Your Return, that's coming out on PC on April the 14th. We've got Dead by Daylight coming out on iOS and Android, that's on April the 16th. On the 24th then, we've got Deliver Us the Moon, that's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. And then we've got Predator Hunting Ground, that's coming out on PS4. Finally, we've got Trials of Mana, and it's another great RPG. Uh, it seems like there's loads of great RPGs coming out at the moment. That one's coming out on PS4, Switch and PC. Well that's it for this week's episode and if you want to get involved in the show then get in contact through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments, your video game stories and your audio mini reviews. I'm always interested in hearing from you and I'm also available on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast over there and on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram too. So search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. Well, thanks very much for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you have a good week. I'll talk to you in a few days, but for now, I'll see you soon.